This episode of the Art of Manliness podcast is brought to you by Slow Mag, helping your daughter adjust her window AC unit, getting the Christmas lights down. These are feats of middle age. Brought to you by Slow Mag. Slow Mag is a magnesium chloride plus calcium supplement for proper muscle function. Visit slowmag.com slash manliness for more information. Again, slowmag.com slash manliness. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. That's the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Brett McKay here, and welcome to another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. How you start something is often how you finish it, and that couldn't be truer than for the trajectory of your days. When your mornings feel chaotic, rushed, and fragmented, then the rest of your day often does too. But when you start off with a centering, invigorating morning routine, that feeling follows you the rest of the day. If you've been wanting to improve or simply start your own morning routine, then this episode is for you. My guest is Benjamin Spall, and he's the co-author of the book, My Morning Routine, which shares insights taken from the morning routines of dozens of entrepreneurs, leaders, and creative folks. On today's show, Benjamin walks us through how to craft the perfect morning routine, including how to make time for it in your schedule, what activities to include, and how a successful morning routine starts with what you do the night before. You also discuss how to adjust your morning routine while traveling and when you have kids. And along the way, Benjamin gives us a peek at the morning routines of several influential people to give us some inspiration for our own routines. There's lots of actionable advice in this episode on creating a morning routine that works for you and sets you up for a productive day. After the show's over, make sure to check out our show notes at aom.is slash morning routine where you can find links to resources where you can delve deeper into this topic. And Benjamin joins me now via Skype. All right, Benjamin Spall, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Brett. So you got a, a new book out, My Morning Routine, How Successful People Start Every Day Inspired. I think people, that's one of the, I've noticed, like I'm interested, I think a lot of people are interested, like what do other people do for their morning routine? I think it's a voyeuristic part of ourselves. So what got you looking into the morning routines of all these influential people? Well, you're exactly right about it being voyeuristic. That's something that I, the way I think about it myself. But the way I came to it was around mid-2012, I was reading the book, The Power of Habit by New York Times journalist Charles Duhigg. And I was really interested in the idea of building something where we could really celebrate people's habits and kind of find these different habits, find these different ways of doing things that could be helpful for people in their daily lives. And it was around about the same time that my now co-founder and co-author Michael Zander got in touch with me. And he had the same idea of kind of documenting what people do in the morning. So we kind of put this idea together and we created mymorningroutine.com, which it's hard to believe nowadays because people write about morning routines all the time. But back then, morning routines really weren't being spoken about that much. So we started publishing uh, one new interview every single week, and we've been doing that coming on uh, six years now. Wow. So you interviewed dozens of successful people to find out what they do for the morning routines. Did you find one common template or principle for how to do a morning routine? All right. So firstly, I would say that there's no right way to start your day. There's a lot of advice online that kind of says you have to have to get up at 5 a.m. You have to do this. You have to do that. But to be honest, we kind of really, really like to look at the idea of what works for you. So interviewing people about their mornings for so long has shown me that it's possible to have a regular morning routine without being rigid and regimented about it. And for us, honestly, it's all about kind of starting your morning routine with intention. And what we found while interviewing people, both for the website and for the uh, for the book, is that almost none of the world's best and brightest leave their mornings to chance. And in our view, this is clearly not a coincidence. 
All right. So they were intentional about it, but it, it, there's a lot of variation. That's exactly right. They kind of they kind of started out with uh, many people when they kind of want to begin their morning routine. They they think of what they do, and we've had so many people come to us that say they don't actually have a routine. Whereas in reality, if we ask what they do every single day, it kind of is as a rhythm. You kind of get up, you go to the bathroom, you might go to the kitchen, and it's just kind of like adding little things into that rhythm. So you might want to add kind of meditation or a little bit of working out. But when you add things within what you're already doing, you can already build on what you have. Were you a big morning routine guy before you started this project or did this like, you know, was this a catalyst for you to actually start thinking about your own? Yeah, no, I, I really wasn't at all. I was kind of terrible. I would get up kind of at 10 a.m. This is back in my university days. And then after I after I finished school, I would just I was a freelancer, so I can't get, get up at the same time. And so it's when I started the website, it was very much an idea of using this information that we were gathering both from friends and kind of more well-known people as the site went on. I was using this information myself to actually improve my own routine. And it, it has improved dramatically. And as we say in the book, you kind of have to hear the same things many times over to actually get the impact of it. So a great example of this is for a long time, I kept my phone in my bedroom, like right beside my head. And I would often wake up and kind of just stare at it, looking at Twitter, looking at email. But in reality, that's a terrible way to start your day. And it took me, I'd have to say, two to three years of hearing this advice from people we'd interview, where they'd say, keep your phone in another room. And it took me two or three years to actually go through with that. So now I keep my phone in my kitchen and it's a great way to actually wake up and kind of be more intentional about your day because you're not immediately grabbing that items first thing. All right. Well, let's get into the nitty gritty of morning routines because this is the fun stuff. Let's talk about the very first thing you do in the morning, which is waking up. Now you mentioned earlier, you you see all these blog post articles about if you want to be a millionaire, you have to wake up at 5 a.m. When you interviewed all these people, and these are people who are successful in their respective fields, were most of them early risers or was there a lot of variation what time people woke up? Yeah, there, there was a lot of variation. And to be honest, you really don't need to be an early riser to have a morning routine. And when we refer to morning routines in the book and on the website, we're really referencing the time between you waking up and either having to leave your home or transitioning to the next part of your day. And a great example of this is if you work a night shift, for example, your morning routine may start at three or four in the afternoon. And that that's fine. That's kind of when you're waking up. Um, the most important thing you can do if you already feel like you don't have that much time in the morning is just to slightly increase the time available to you by getting up five minutes earlier for one whole week. So that doesn't mean five minutes a day, just for one whole week, get up five minutes earlier than usual. And then next week, add five minutes on top of that. And eventually over time, you'll kind of reach that point where you're like, okay, I have enough time for my routine, but I'm not feeling overtired. And that's a great way to kind of increase that space to allow more in there. So what was kind of the average wake up time for people? that you when you interviewed them yeah the average wake-up time i actually have this in the back of the book here we go it was 6 24 a.m so that is still relatively early but it's not kind of like you know 4 a.m or 5 a.m as many articles kind of suggest you should do right and i imagine when you talk to these people their wake-up times changed based on their you know different stage of life they were in yeah totally we uh, we mentioned this a lot in the conclusion as well because it's really important to think when you having a morning routine isn't something that you get to. It's not the case of you eventually get there and this is your routine for life. It really is something you change over time. You just have to make sure you're very deliberate with these changes. So for example, kind of if you have if you're, you know, you go from not having kids to having kids, you'll go from having kind of a lot of time to yourself in the morning to really not having that much time at all. And so your routine is going to dramatically change. And for this reason we have a chapter on new parents in the book. But 
you really you do have these changes throughout your lifetime and you just have to recognize am i making these changes because it's necessary because in the case of a new child or in the case of a new job or are you making these changes because you're kind of falling back into an older rhythm hey, let's talk about extremes on the waking up what was like the earliest that you can remember of someone waking <laughs> up and then like what was the latest yeah i i, I I'm sure I sure we had it early in this. I think about 4 a.m. was kind of the the average earliest. Kind of like we would see that relatively often, but not all the time. And a great example of that was uh, Stanley McChrystal, who's a former U.S. Army general, and he would often get up at 4 a.m. and he would go for a run. And it was a very intense morning routine, which, to be honest, I, I I myself couldn't replicate. And I think maybe the latest, and this may be on the website, not in the book, kind of a 10 a.m., maybe or even 11 a.m. And that was sometimes I think someone we interviewed she. Just just needed a lot of sleep. She like personally needed about 10 hours of sleep every day. So that's why she woke up so late. And we also interviewed a singer songwriter who gets up a little bit later when she's on tour. So I think that's a good point. Like I think a lot of people, there's this pressure that you have to wake up early, not necessarily just do what's good for you. Right. No, that's, that's, that's exactly right. And like, we, we are all different and we do change throughout our lives. And if, if you really struggle to get up early and if you're just going to be tired throughout your morning routine, it's much better to kind of get that sleep in, get completely rested before you begin with your day. All right. So let's talk about right after you wake up. What's something that you found a lot of the people interviewed that they did commonly right, like immediately after they woke up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the best thing you can do, honestly, well, first of all, don't have your phone by your bed. But the, the first thing you can do is immediately get out of bed and just kind of do the same thing every day. So for many of us, we get up, we go to the bathroom. And then what do you do after that? So you could go to the kitchen, you can meditate, you could work out, you could even just put on your clothes and go to the gym. But the idea is to actually kind of do the same thing every day. And we talk about a lot in the book about the importance of keeping these things small and easy to accomplish. So if you if you start out and decide, okay, this week I want to start meditating every single day, if you tell yourself, I'm going to meditate for half an hour right after waking up, you are very quickly going to stop doing this. Because even after the first day, this is going to feel like a lot of time that you're taking away from your morning and potentially even making yourself late for work. So we say keep things very short, like maybe a five-minute meditation meditation, a 10-minute meditation, just kind of that amount of time where it really is easy to get that in. And I would say in terms of staying on the wrong track, the worst thing you can do is really just kind of checking your email, checking Twitter, checking any website that you want to check first thing in the morning. It's just a terrible way to wake up. And when we interviewed her for the book, Ariana Huffington told us that a big part of her morning routine is what she doesn't do. And the main thing she doesn't do is check her phone. So it's really important just to kind of be in the mindset of kind of that feeling of calm that brings across from your sleep and not kind of having all the information come into you straight away. Right away. Yeah, I've noticed whenever I check my phone first thing in the morning, like it sets the, like it, I basically primed the pump for the rest of the day where I'm just gonna be constantly checking social media, email, et cetera. But like when I don't, it sets a, a stage or a precedent where I don't do that more often. So like whenever I check my phone first thing, I end up being more distracted the other day. When I don't, I'm more focused. Yeah, totally. And it is hard. It's addicting. Like I, you know, I sometimes wake up and I, I want to check what's on Twitter. I kind of, I, I want to have that little feeling of outrage first thing in the morning, but it's really not a, it's really, it's really not a great way to be. Yeah. Increase that cortisol to help you help wake you up. <laughs> exactly. But with that said, you did interview a lot of people in the book where part of their job is, you know, keeping on top of what's going on. And so mm-hmm. they'll, they'll have to check email first thing in the morning because they might have, you know, business going on in Asia and they need to know right away and maybe answer that email so they can take care of business. 
Yeah, no, totally. It's really, it's not a perfect system. And like many times if I have an early morning interview or a meeting, I do have to check that. And I guess that's something, there's, there's probably some way around it where if you have an assistant, they could text you if something changes so you personally don't have to check it. But yeah, sometimes you really just have to, you know, for, for the sake of your job, for the sake of your work, you do need to check it. Another thing that I, I liked, and I've tried to incorporate this, but I haven't been able to do it lately because I've got kids now and so there's a lot going on, but, uh, you know, just getting outside and taking a walk mm-hmm. in the morning, first thing in the morning, it's just so relaxing and rejuvenating and it kind of really sets the tone for the rest of the day. Yeah, we actually we actually look at that idea almost in terms of meditation, whereas it isn't a sit-down meditation practice in itself, but actually just getting out there in nature is a great way to kind of calm you down and kind of get you ready for the day ahead. And you get the blue light, right, from the rising sun to help wake your body exactly. up even more. Right, so exactly, it's it, it's very it's very natural for our bodies to wake up that way. So I think one th- reason why a lot of people want to start morning routines or start getting intentional about their morning routines is they want to be more productive throughout the rest of the day. So we've talked about some things you can do to be more productive, like don't look at your phone, right? Because that'll set the stage for you looking at your phone and social media the rest of the day. But what are some other things that you found that people do in their morning routine to help them be productive throughout the rest of the day? Yeah, so one thing which came up time and time again is working out. And while we have a whole chapter kind of in the book dedicated to folks who work out in the morning, we quickly noticed that the main benefit was not necessarily working out in the morning, but actually just working out at any time in the day. So many people we spoke with, including Bill McNabb, who is the chairman of the Vanguard Group, he works out at lunch, and I personally work out at lunch as well. And he gets that benefit as well. So even though it's very important to actually get that workout in to kind of, you know, pump the eye and kind of fill fill everything going, just actually getting that in at some time of day is a great way to kind of improve the rest of your day. And one benefit to doing it in the morning is uh, just making sure you get it in. So many people say that if they push it to later in the afternoon, later in the evening, there's a reasonable chance that work will run over, they'll get stuck in meetings, and they won't actually be able to do it. So that is one reason for doing it in the morning. And also working on a side project. So many people, especially right after meditating, they say that a great thing to do is work on a side project. And this, this book itself was a side project of mine for a long time. So actually having that time in the morning to work on something that is outside of your job, it's outside of what you do every single day, is a great way to spend that time. No, that's some good stuff there. So like, I took advantage of that when I was first starting The Art of Manliness. I was I started when I was in law school. And you know, law school, you're there from 8 a.m. to 8 o'clock at night. It's basically a full-time job. So if I wanted to get work done in, I had to do it for like, you know, I'd wake up at six and work on the blog for an hour or two and then go to school. And that's how I did it for the first year or two. Yeah, no, it's it's a perfect time to actually just get in that work that you really feel that is important to your life. Because as kind of kind of with the working out example, when you come home from a long day of your job, you're kind of not going to be feeling in the mood to kind of get back in front of a computer again. Yeah, and with the working out, I love what I love about the book is that you have these like at the end of each section, you have uh, like the reversal section. Mm, so yeah. you kind of flip the switch and like, hey, maybe you don't have to do this in the morning. <laughs> And with the working out, I found uh, for a while I was working out first thing in the morning just so I could get it done. But I found that, you know, I, I do barbell training and just like when I first thing in the morning, I'm super groggy. My joints are still creaky. My muscles aren't warmed up. So it's just really hard. My workouts were terrible. And then also when I had a terrible workout, you know, things didn't go according to plan. I would just be in a, a cranky mood for the rest of the day and just unmotivated and distracted thinking about, man, I should have gotten that. Right. So I finally just switched to after work and it's a lot better. I don't have to deal with that anymore. 
Yeah, no, we actually, we, we stole the reversal idea from Robert Greene. You know, he writes uh, the, the power books and like the, those books that are great. But yeah, the idea was a lot of people, when we uh, interviewed them, a lot of people were telling us one thing, but then, you know, maybe 10%, 25% of people would be telling us something entirely different. So we kind of wanted to bring that in. We wanted to make people feel that we're not just telling you one way to do it. We're, t- we're saying this is how the majority of people go. But if you want to go this way as well, that really works. Well, on the idea of, on the same theme of productivity, did you find a lot of people would kind of create a to-do list or look over their calendar first thing in the morning after they did meditation or working out? Or was that something they did they did the night before? I, I would say the majority of people did it the night before, and that's also what we recommend. It's what I personally do. Um, and the reason for that is you kind of, the night before, well, maybe not the night before, but kind of just as you finish work, is a perfect time to know what you need to be doing the next day as opposed to in the morning where you kind of, you know, you, you kind of may have grander ideas of what you can get done that day. So definitely kind of before you finished work, I personally, I, I schedule things. I make sure like everything's in the calendar for what I'm particularly doing. And I also make a, a to-do list, which kind of generally the items near the top are the more important items, but sometimes there'll be stuff down there that gets moved up. And that is a great way to just, it's very simple, but it's a great way to just actually make sure you know what's ahead of you. Even if you don't get it all done, it's good to actually know what's coming up. All right. So that's a good point too. To have a good morning routine, it also pays to have a good like after the end of work routine or evening routine? Yes, no, totally. We spoke to many people who actually their evening routines are more impressive than their morning routines. And one of, one of the ways in particular that people like to kind of jump on the idea of an evening routine is kind of to lay out their clothes for the next day. And this, this can be done in two different ways. So many people, if they're working out in the morning, they like to lay out their workout clothes. And the idea there is you see them in the morning and you're much more likely to actually do it, especially if you put the shoes and everything in place. You see it and you know that that is what you need to do. Um, but some people, they just decide to put out their regular outfits. And the kind of the idea there is to defeat decision fatigue. So, you know, there's many studies about this, but generally in the, you know, in the morning, we have a certain amount of decisions we can make a day before we kind of get a little bit groggy and we struggle to kind of make the choices that we know are important to us. So when you have your outfit picked at nighttime, it may be a little bit difficult at night to make the decisions, but in the morning, you kind of don't have to make that decision then. And another thing people love to do in the evening is just clean up around their house. So some people, like, I've been this way myself, but some people don't really mind it to be too messy. But for many of us, it's great to actually just make sure the kitchen is clean, the general bedroom area is clean, so we don't wake up to a mess. And I've definitely been in the situation where I've woken up and like the one pan I own is at the bottom of the sink, like covered in mess. So it's a great way to actually make sure that you have what you need for breakfast. And I would say that the biggest kind of game changer to improve your evening routine is just to make sure that you allow enough time for sleep. So um, many people I speak with, if they come up to me and ask me how, you know, how can they improve their morning routine? I will often ask them how many hours of sleep they get typically or the night before. And often this number is much lower than I would expect to be five hours, maybe even five and a half or six hours. And to be honest, most of us need between about seven and nine hours of sleep a night. And often when I say this, I like to really caveat to say, just because I say seven and nine hours, it doesn't mean that you're a seven hour person. You could just as easily be a nine hour person. So I personally need about eight hours of sleep a night. And if I don't get that, I kind of struggle. And so that's a great thing to do with your evening. If, if you feel like you have to get up early or you just don't have time in the morning, just make sure you get enough sleep, especially just before you need to go to bed. And as that helps you kind of increase the quality of your morning routine the next day. Gotcha. And I, you, speaking of like laying your clothes out, you even, you even interviewed people where they actually wore their workout clothes to sleep in. And so as soon as they woke up, they were ready to work out. 
Yeah, we actually, yeah, when we spoke with Ariana Huffington, she she mentioned that she used to do that, but she doesn't anymore. And I believe the reason was because it kind of put her, it kind of put her in this weird kind of like working out like productive mindset in bed. And she figured it was kind of better to have like a nice night dress or something, you know, bedtime clothes. But yeah, I've definitely heard of other people doing that as well. And also another benefit of planning your day, you know, creating that to-do list of important things you're going to do first thing the night before is that if you, you know, start off your day looking at your email, usually your agenda is driven by your email. It's like, well, I got to answer that email, that email. And then like you spend two hours and you're like, I haven't got anything done. Productive, right? Just been answering emails. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's true. And for a long time, I only started with to-do lists and scheduling about three years ago. And up to that point, it was exactly that. My whole schedule was email as if my email inbox was my to-do list. And that that's, it's a great way to feel productive. And I, I believe many people still kind of have that system now. And it's, it really is a great way to feel like you're doing a lot because you kind of have that goal of, you know, archiving all your emails and you, you kind of get there. But it's a terrible way to actually work on bigger picture goals, to actually have this kind of plan for, you know, six months out, a year out, five years out, to have those plans in place, you kind of really need to think long-term and have that schedule that you stick to every single day. We're going to take a quick break for your words from our sponsors. All right. Every man should have at least one suit in their wardrobe. You're going to wear this to job interviews, weddings, funerals, fancy night on the town where suits required. Now you can go to the department store, buy off the rack, but here's the problem. Yeah, you can tailor it, but there's certain parts of an off the rack suit that you can't tailor. Also, you can't customize it. So you need to go custom made. You're probably thinking, Brett, it's going to cost me an arm and a leg. Not so with Indochino. At Indochino.com, you can get a custom made to measure suit for about the same price you would pay for an off the rack suit. I did this with a navy blue suit from Indochino. I love it. Got to pick the fabric I wanted how I wanted the lapels to look like, if I wanted pleats, no pleats. I also did the measurements part. The measuring is super easy. And in a couple of weeks, I got a made-to-measure suit sent to my door. And it was about the price I'd pay for an off-the-rack suit. But here's the deal. Black Friday season is upon us. And Indochino's got some crazy sales going on. You can get up to 70% off everything in their online store at Indochino.com. So just go to Indochino.com and use promo code MANLINESS to take advantage of their Black Friday pricing. And that's 70% off the regular price for a made-to-measure suit. Again, this is crazy deal. 70% off the price of a regular made-to-measure suit. You can get a custom made-to-measure suit less than you spend for an off-the-rack suit at a department store with this deal. So go to Indochino.com, promo code MANLINESS, get up to 70% off, and shipping is free. This is an incredible deal for a made-to-measure suit. You don't want to miss this. Also by ZipRecruiter. There are job sites that send you tons of the wrong resumes to sort through or make you wait for the right candidates to apply to your job. That's not smart, but you know what is smart? Going to ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness to hire the right person. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. It's powerful matching technology, scans thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, and actively invites them to apply so you get qualified candidates fast. No more sorting through the wrong resumes. No more waiting for the right candidates to apply. That's why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. This rating comes from the hiring sites on Trustpilot with over... 1,000 reviews. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. It's ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. So if you're a small business owner or you're a hiring manager at a corporation, you can try this out for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. One more time, ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And now back to the show. So you've been mentioning meditation a lot, something that people do in their morning routine. It seems like a lot of people use their morning routine, not necessarily to be productive and get stuff done, but just to be like, you know, exercise their spirituality, be mindful, right? 
Yeah. So we actually, we know in the book that even if your idea of kind of a sit down meditation for 20 minutes doesn't work for you, you can really learn to find meditative moments in the mundane and generally kind of build in moments of mindfulness throughout your day. And there's great ways to do this. Kind of what you mentioned earlier, the, uh, you know, just getting out of the house and walking around. That's a great way to kind of feel these moments and also going for a morning run. And someone actually we, we spoke to for the book, he mentioned that every single morning he'll uh, put on his tea kettle. So he'll put, put water in the kettle, he'll put it on and he'll press this, the switch and then it'll be a few minutes that he'll just sit and about nothing at all. And he uses that kind of as a timer to allow him to bring that meditative moment into his morning. Um, but we also, in the book, we do describe, you know, typical forms of sit-down meditation. And many of the people we spoke with kind of write about what they do if you're kind of more into that. But personally, I've always done, well, for the last couple of years, I've been doing a 10-minute meditation. Uh, generally in the morning, if I don't get it in, in the morning, I'll push it to later in the day. And it's just such an easy, it's, it's such a short amount of time that it's easy to do. And I, I, I don't worry about it. It's just something that I enjoy. And even though I've never really been able to meditate properly per se, you know, completely empty my mind, it's a great way to really sort my tasks for the day. And this is always uh, prior to uh, checking email, of course. Were there any journalers in their morning routines? There were, there were. I think one in particular was Ryan Holiday. He, he journals every single morning and I, I for him, it's definitely a meditative practice. He's kind of writing about what he wants to do for the day and kind of his thoughts uh, further out. Uh, but many people did speak about doing morning pages as well, which is kind of the same idea. It's by uh, Julia Cameron. And it's about kind of, I think it's quite a lot of pages, to be honest, basically like kind of writing out your thoughts for the day and what you want to achieve. So, I mean, we've mentioned all these different type things you can do in your morning routine. You can get up, you're going to take a walk, maybe you're going to meditate, you're going to possibly maybe look over your to-do list, maybe journal, maybe do some meditation. But I think one thing I've seen in my own life and in the lives of people who try to start a morning routine, like they want to do so much, right? They try to cram in a ton. Mm. So then they end up like they try to cram in so much they don't actually can't do their morning routine and they just give up on the concepts. How do you, any advice there on on not trying to cram so much into your morning routine? You know, here's like, how long should your morning routine last, right? Like what what's the, the right length for that? Yeah, so we we really don't give a length to it. We often say it's kind of what you can allow. And like I mentioned earlier, if you feel like it's not enough time, then kind of wake up five minutes early and kind of go from there. But it, it really does change for everyone. So some people might want a two-hour routine, but that might be incredibly extreme for others who might want more of a half-hour routine. And I think it's very important to just figure out what you want in there rather than figuring out what the main length is. And then definitely starting small, you know, 10 minute meditation, 10 minute workout, you know, stretching routine, really just make sure that you get all the elements in there, even if it's not for a particularly long amount of time. And then if you're really enjoying something, if you're really enjoying working out, you're really enjoying going for the dream gym, then either increase those items at the expense of others or just increase the amount of time of your morning routine in general. All right. So you don't have to go big with this thing. You can just go small. No, you really don't. And like, it's definitely when you go for the book, you kind of have some extremes. I kind of mentioned General McChrystal earlier on, like his routine, I think lasts for three, three and a half, maybe even four hours. There are extreme examples in there and they're incredibly fun to read. But I think they're also, they're, they're also a great way of showing you that you can take some elements from people's routines. You can take this from this person, this from that, but you really don't need to go the whole hog with any of them. So one thing you also covered in the book, and you mentioned this earlier, morning routines with parents. Because before I had kids, I had a pretty awesome morning routine. Like it was, <laughs> had so much time. I could you know, journal for 30 minutes. I could meditate for a long time. I could do this and whatever. And then I had kids and like the newborn phase, 
is crazy. Like you, there's no routine because like the baby's mm-hmm. gonna got to eat or like it's got to you know change its diaper. So what did you find that people did? How did they adjust their morning routines when? kids came into the scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this was a real tough one. And we want to we kind of want to make, make it clear here that we, we definitely acknowledge the fact that a morning routine for parents of young kids or parents of any kids, to be honest, is going to be incredibly different from a morning routine where you do not have kids. But that said, we do make the point that kids do thrive on having a routine themselves. So if you can kind of get this routine as soon as possible, and of course, you know, with a newborn, this is tough, but as soon as is generally possible, if you can kind of bring a routine into their lives, it will help you as well. And uh, one thing that we really, really do advocate if possible is once your kids are on a sleep schedule as much as as much as can be as much as once they're on that is to kind of try to wake up before them and this is tough especially if you've been up half the night with them but when you wake up before them you kind of have this little bit of time and it could just be 15 minutes half an hour in which you can kind of do some stuff for yourself before you have to kind of get on with the day and this this is tough this really isn't we're not advocating that this is the best way to do things but it really is kind of the only way to continue on with that routine when you do have young kids in the house so adjust your expectations you're no longer going to have <laughs> an hour of person of me time. You know, you might yeah. just get fifteen minutes, and you got to be okay with that. I think uh, adjust uh, adjust expectations would have been a great subtitle for that chapter. Yeah, <laughs> right. And then when your kids are out of the house, you'll get back your hour of me time, but then you'll be sad because there's no kids in your house anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's we we like to point out. I think we point this out in the reversal section of the parents chapter is that it is only temporary in a good and bad way. Like you'll definitely miss it when it's gone, but then you know you'll have your me time back. So there's definitely a positive there as well. Okay, so another challenge with morning routines is there's a lot of people who travel, right? Or they're yeah they're traveling, right? So you go to a different place where you don't have your stuff, you don't have your chair to sit in that you typically sit in to do whatever you do there. So how do you adapt routines or maintain a routine when you're away from home? Yeah, so uh, sticking to our morning routines when we're traveling can almost feel like an impossible task. So often we just kind of go with the flow and kind of fall in and out of our regular routines with kind of bringing in these unhealthy habits. And this is especially true if you're staying in a hotel. But what we write in the book is that you can make your morning routine kind of work for you. It, it might not be exactly the same, but one way to do this is to kind of think about how working for example, out of a hotel room can actually make you more productive. So if you're, you know, you're at a conference or something, you have to spend half an hour just working. If you're in a hotel room, you kind of don't have any distractions. You can't reorganize your desk. You can't clean out the fridge. You kind of have nothing there that, you know, many of us like to kind of distract ourselves with. So that's one great way to uh, get something out of it. And another thing to think about when you're going on the trip itself is to kind of be smart about your scheduling. So if you know that you sleep well on planes, you should try to work to travel overnight so you can wake up refreshed and ready to get on with your morning routine the next day. And if, like many of us, you know that you don't sleep well on flights, you could just choose to fly in the evening so you're kind of getting in uh, at night and then you can have that night in the hotel room. But definitely the most important thing to think about when, you know, with regard to your morning routine when traveling is you really shouldn't beat yourself up. And it's totally normal for your routine to uh, not be as far and not be as efficient when traveling. But this this is tough. You just need to allow for these inefficiencies and just know why you're there. Know, you know, you're, you're traveling for work, you're traveling for vacation. Know why you're doing it and kind of just let set that aside and just worry about it when you get home. I thought it was really interesting for the extreme travelers, people who were traveling all the time, they had like different root, morning routines based on which city they were in, right? Because they go to the cities regularly, so they've been mm-hmm. able to establish a routine. So they, they know, well, if I'm in Chicago, I'm going to go to this place 
and do this thing before I get going to work. If I'm in New York City, I do this or that. If I'm in Dallas, I'll do this or that. Yeah, that, that was pretty fascinating. And I, I totally see how that works. If, if you do have the kind of job where you are in two or three different places quite frequently, then you can kind of create real, real morning routines in these places. But if you're traveling, it's kind of more sporadic and kind of more into random destinations and definitely kind of have the idea of what you can do in a hotel room or what you can do in an Airbnb or wherever you're staying and uh, kind of just go from there. Yeah, the hotel thing, the hotel trick. I have found, I've, there's, I've done this. This has like nothing to do with morning routines, <laughs> but when I've had a lot of work and I got to get mm. a lot done and I need no distractions, I will actually go to a hotel here in town, pay a hundred bucks <laughs> and just work because no one knows where I'm at and I can just, I've, undis- I've just complete distraction-free work zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess part of it's part of distractions and also the fact that you know you've paid that money and you kind right. of want to, you want to get something out of that payment. Yeah. Yeah, the the most extreme version of that I heard there's some guy who he he needed to get a book done and so he <laughs> bought a plane a round trip ticket to Japan <laughs> and he just wrote the entire time there and then like he as soon as he got to Japan he got on the plane back and wrote <laughs> I think he paid like two thousand dollars, but he got the book done. Oh my god! Yeah, you you would you would want an upgrade for that. You would not want to do that in economy, right? No. So that, <laughs> those are those are extreme tactics. Those are one of those things where it's it's just interesting to know about. You might not do. So yeah, you mentioned this about being flexible with your morning routines because I think a lot of people think, okay, I got a morning routine. I have to stick to it always for the rest of my life. And if I miss it, like my day is ruined. But you guys say, no, you, you shouldn't have that attitude towards it. Yeah, no, that's totally right. And like, we always, we have this question at the end that we ask every single interview uh, interviewee, both in the book and on the website. And the question is, what happens when you fail to follow your morning routine on any given day? And it's interesting because while some say that this messes them up for the entire day, the vast majority of people who answer this question say that they, they kind of really let it slide and they just make sure that they get back to it the next day. And that really is that's kind of like the crux of the book. And the most important thing to think about is when you have a routine, you, you, you know, you can, you can do it every single day, but do not beat yourself up if you miss a day. And I always like to bring up the example of uh, Jerry Seinfeld. He had this example of when he, when he's writing jokes, he has this big wall calendar and every single day that he writes a joke, he'll put a big red X on that day. It, he calls it a chain. And the, the, the point of the big red X is to say that he wrote a joke that day. And then he says, your main goal now is to not break that chain. So just to make sure you get a big red X in the day every single day. And while this is a great idea, it's a really great way to make sure you get your writing done, you get your work done, whatever you want to get done. It's terrible if you miss a day and you kind of feel like everything has gone wrong and you can't continue anymore. So the point of what we really like to make in the book is that just because you miss a day or even if you miss two or three days, don't worry about it. Like don't aim, don't aim for that to be your goal. But if it happens, if you mess up, if for some reason, you know, your kid gets sick or just something happens, don't worry about it and just aim to get back to it the next day. Uh, how has your morning routine changed since you've, you know, after completing this book and working on the site for six years, mm-hmm. what's it looking like right now? Yeah, it's, it's much better. Like, but what's interesting is I am not an extreme morning routine person by any any means. I am not getting up at 4 a.m. I typically get up between about 7 and 7.30. And, you know, once I get up, I'll go to the bathroom and then I'll come into the kitchen. And then I typically do a 10-minute meditation followed by about oh, 10 or not many, less than I should do, jumping jacks and then some push-ups. And then I just make breakfast for my wife while she gets ready. And then during this time, I don't check my phone. So my phone would have been on airplane mode in the kitchen overnight. So I don't check it unless I have a meeting, but for the most part, that's okay. And then we just sit and have breakfast together kind of slowly. And we just talk about the day ahead. 
And the great thing about this routine is she has her space. She's allowed to get ready, you know, while I'm in the kitchen making breakfast. And then in that time when we're speaking, we're not talking about the news. We're not talking about, you know, what someone just did in the press or something like that. We are just literally sitting down and talking about our days. And it's a really relaxing way to start the day, especially when you consider many of our lives nowadays, which is just, you know, being inundated with emails, being inundated with things to do. It's a really nice way to continue on the calm of the night into the morning. Right. So morning routines can be a way to connect with those you love. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's many people we spoke with, especially those with families, with young kids, just really talk about the importance of just if they can, you know, often people have to leave early, but if they can, just having breakfast together, having that moment of connection. Because for many people, especially with younger kids, you may come home and they're already in bed. So um, just having that time in the morning is a really great way to connect and really great way to be together as a family. I'm curious, did you come across any routines that really didn't seem like a routine? Where, like they were just like, I you know, it's not, it's not what a typical morning routine you think it would be a morning routine. They just, I don't know. I don't know how, what I'm trying to ask here. Yeah. It's no, just, we, it was we, like we, completely random, right? Yeah. We, we've definitely had a few of those on the website. I think uh, none of those really made it into the book because on the website, we've published close to just over 300 uh, routines now. And there's 64 in the book, many of which are brand new, the majority are brand new for the book. But yeah, we, we do interview people sometimes and it's fascinating. So what they talk about is great. So we do publish it, but I'm like, I'm not sure if that's entirely, entirely what you would do every day. All right. So uh, if there's like one thing someone can start doing today to make their morning routine better tomorrow, what would be that recommendation? Like it's an easy, a lot of ROI, but it's super easy to implement. Yeah. So I would say the best thing, and this is kind of, you know, outside of the box, but the most important thing is to just make sure you get enough sleep the night before. And like I said, so many people come to me, they say they don't get enough sleep, but they wonder how to improve their routine. That really truly is the answer. Because if you're tired, if you're just constantly groggy, you're constantly lacking in sleep, uh, you, you are not going to get you know, you could have the best morning routine in the world. It could have all these exercise elements that you could meditate, you could do all these things. But if you're sleepy while doing these things, you're really not going to get the most out of it. So definitely the number one tip is to just make sure you're not tired in the morning. Well, Benjamin, is there some place people can go to learn more about the book and your work? Yeah. So you can order the book right now by going to mymorningroutine.com slash book, which has links to Amazon and everywhere else. Or you can head to your local bookstore, Barnes & Noble, or anywhere that books are sold. And you can find me personally at benjaminspall.com and on Twitter and Instagram at at Benjamin Spall. Fantastic. Well, Benjamin Spall, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Brett. It's been great. My guest today was Benjamin Spall. He is the co-author of the book, My Morning Routine. It's available on amazon.com and bookstores everywhere. You can find more information about his work at mymorningroutine.com. Also, check out our show notes at aom.is slash morningroutine, where you can find links to resources where you can delve deeper into this topic. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. For more manly tips and advice, make sure to check out the Art of Manliness website at artofmanliness.com. We've got 4,000 articles over there if you haven't checked those out yet. Also, if you haven't already, I'd really appreciate it if you give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. That helps out a lot. And if you have done that, thank you. Please consider sharing the show with a friend or family member who you think would get something out of it. As always, thank you for your continued support. Until next time, this is Brett McKay telling you to stay manly. <laughs> <laughs>